Okay, uh, if you guys would turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, that's where we're going to be. We're going to go through Proverbs. Takes a little while to go through, but it's a great book. Um, so, looking forward to going through it. It's the first time I've taught through Proverbs. Uh, actually, no, it's not. I taught through Proverbs um, uh, when I was uh, a um, uh, high, high school and junior high pastor. We, we went through through Proverbs, come, come to the, think of it. And uh, also, I went through, I've been through Proverbs with my children <laughs> quite a bit, actually. So, um, so anyway, uh, book of Proverbs, once you go ahead, turn there, and um, let's open it with a word of prayer. Jesus, we want to thank you, Lord, for just, uh, Lord, what a, a magnificent word you've given us, Lord. Uh, Lord, I, I just, I look at Proverbs, I, I'm not sure if anyone's there, ever tried to write a proverb, Lord, it's just, it just doesn't happen. You just don't really write these things. Uh, they're inspired by you, Lord. And so, Lord, we're looking forward to just the wisdom that's going to come out of this book into our lives. And many things we probably know, uh, many things we just need to be maybe reestablished in, re reminded about. Uh, but Lord, it's really, all of it's a reflection of you, a reflection of how wise you are and how good you are and uh, how you want to direct our lives. So, Lord, we're looking forward to this. Uh, we want to pray, Lord, that Jesus, you be our teacher. And uh, I pray that you just would uh, bless us time tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, uh, like I said, uh, Proverbs is the book of wisdom. So let me ask you this. I'll ask you guys a question, first of all. How would you define wisdom? Anyone want to take a stab at that? How would you define wisdom? Say again. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He, he read ahead. <laughs> Anyone else? How would you define wisdom? What is wisdom? Application of knowledge? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. Anything else? Any other definitions? There's, there's all kinds of di uh, different definitions of, of, of wisdom. I think the one that really stuck with me uh, years ago, I'm not sure who said it, but it really stuck with me. But really, I think what wisdom is, I think the best definition uh, for wisdom, uh, that, uh, the way that I see it, is wisdom is the ability to know what decision to make in any given situation that's going to bring the most favorable outcome. See, I like that. Okay, so if I'm going to be wise, I'm going to know. Because, I mean, that's what life is about, right? We have all these different situations and circumstances. Now, certainly there is a worldly wisdom in the sense of, oh, I've been here before, I've done this before, and I know what not to do. Most of my wisdom is I can tell you what not to do, right? Don't do that, okay? I did it, it didn't work, work out. That's a certain amount of, of wisdom. Certainly there are, are those things that we can say, well, this is what you should do. But, guys, when it comes to life, we can only see so far, right? How do we know? I mean, how do I know if I make a decision today if it's going to bring a favorable outcome 10 years from, from now? I mean, those are things that you go like, I don't know, that's too far out for me to see. I, maybe I can make some short-term kind of worldly type of wisdom things, but the wisdom we need is God's wisdom. He is able to, know, He knows what tomorrow is, doesn't He? He knows all of the details. He knows everything he knows the situation he knows you he knows me he knows all of us and he knows the decisions that we should make that's going to bring the most favorable outcome and it's going to bring him glory and it's going to be the most favorable thing for us so that's really i think is a probably a great definition of wisdom at least it is in my book now let's begin in verse one it says these are the proverbs of solomon the son of david the king of Israel. So Solomon is the main contributor uh, to the book of Proverbs. He's not the only one, as we're going to see, but he is certainly the main one. Now, what was Solomon famous for? His wisdom, wasn't he? Yeah. So uh, how did that come about, guys? You remember how that came about? So go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah, how? He asked for it, didn't he? He asked for it. Isn't that great? I mean, really, he asked for wisdom and God gave him wisdom. Now, uh, we have a promise. Did you guys know that you have a promise in the New Testament that's very similar? It's in James chapter 1. That's, that's exactly. So um, it, it, if we ask for wisdom, God will give wisdom without finding fault. It's a wonderful thing. So if we're ever in any, any situation, God wants to give us wisdom, right? 
He will give us wisdom. Okay, that's a promise in the word of God. Now, remember what happened with Solomon. Solomon, he uh, took over, uh, uh, he became king of Israel in place of his father after his father David had died. Now, remember Solomon, uh, when he became king, he was somewhere between 18 to 20 years old. Okay, and so uh, what happened is uh, some uh, some people believe uh, more like around 20, maybe a little bit older, but most people believe he's somewhere in that age range, okay? And so, but what happened is, uh, remember Solomon is, uh, he, uh, first, one of the first thing he does is he sacrifices a thousand burnt offerings up to God. First thing that Solomon does is he says, look, the first thing I'm gonna do as my reign as king, one of the first things I'm gonna do is I'm gonna worship God. And that's what he does. It's really, it's a heart of his worship. I mean, a thousand offerings is a lot of offerings, okay? It's own personal offerings. So it's, it's a, to a personal expense to himself that he's really, really doing this. And remember what happens is God comes to him in a dream. And he says, Solomon, I was pleased. I was pleased with you. So he says, ask, what do you want? Now, that's like a blank check is what it's like, right? I mean, imagine if someone like Bill Gates or let's say someone like Elon Musk or someone who has a lot of money, they say, hey, here's a blank check. Fill it out, right? I mean, that's what, I mean, this is better than, than that. This is God saying, okay, what is it that you want? I remember what Solomon's response was, He's, is, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you because this is uh, going to be um, right out of the text. His response was, is, you know, Lord, you've made me king and the place of my father David. He says, but I'm a little child. Because I don't know how to go out or how to come in. And what he's really saying there is he says, you know, I've got this court, this courtroom, this, this throne room, and I'm not even, I don't even know how I'm supposed to enter or exit. I don't even know that. And he says, let alone how to judge your great people. And so he says, you know, please, Lord, give me a heart of understanding give me an understanding heart that i may discern between good and evil and remember solomon's request that says it pleased the lord and he said to him because you have not asked for long life or for riches for yourself or for the life of your enemies but you ask for an understanding and discernment i will give you what you've asked a wise and understanding heart like no one before you or after you and i will also give you what you have not asked both riches and honor so that there will be no king like you among the among uh the kings all your days isn't that amazing how many 18 to 20 year olds would ask for wisdom I mean, what would they use? You got a blank check. You're going like, oh, I, you know, I want money. I want cars. I want houses. You know, all these other things. He says, look, I just want to know how to do what's right in your, in your, in your eyes. So that's what he's asking for. He's asking for wisdom. And God is so blessed by it. He says, you know what? I'm going to give you wisdom. And I'm going to give you all those other things that you didn't ask for. You know, here's a man that he knew would be able to handle all those other things, Right? Solomon didn't come to God. He's not trying to win the lottery, right? But he wins the lottery, and God lets him win the lottery because he knows he can handle it. You know why God doesn't let you win the lottery? Because he knows you can't handle it. <laughs> it would ruin you, you know? <laughs> and you want to win, win the lottery so, so, so much. He goes, no, 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 that's just going to mess you up, right? And so that's where Solomon's start was. Now, it's important that, you know, God gives him wisdom, you know, just by, you know, uh, uh, just by Solomon, you know, worshiping God and asking for it. But guys, it's important for us to know and always important for us to understand that we look at Solomon as being a very wise man. But we always have to remember what is the source of that wisdom. The source of that wisdom is God and God alone. Wasn't wisdom that he's getting from himself or from the world that was coming. It's coming right from God. God alone has the knowledge. He has the insight of how to make the best decision in any given circ uh, circumstance or situation that will bring the most favorable outcome. Important for us to know. You know, the way that he does that, we have that same promise, and the way that he does that in our lives is through the Word of God. Uh, you remember we went through the Psalms just recently. Uh, Psalm 119, uh, 99, verse 99 and 100 Remember what the psalmist said there. He says, I have more understanding than all of my teachers. 
For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. And guys, if we meditate upon the word of God, that's what it's saying there. And our, uh, we allow our minds to become transformed by the way that God thinks. You have wisdom. And, and if you obey the word of God, you are more wise than all of the educated people in the world put together. And we become just as wise as Solomon does because, you know, uh, you know wisdom uh, it all has the same source. True wisdom does. It comes from God. It comes from his word. Now, it's called Proverbs because Proverbs is a saying is what it is. It's a, um, it's a phrase or an exp- it's something that is expressing some sort of truth is what it is some aspect, some principle, some practical advice that kind of gets to the point. Now, we have different proverbs uh, in our culture. Can someone tell me what is a proverb that you know, uh, not a biblical proverb? Can, any proverbs that you guys can think of? <laughs> Snitches get stitches. Is that, like, is that Dr. Seuss? or Okay. Proverbs to Dr. Seuss Romans say. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> oh, yeah, there, there, there you go. Yeah, right, okay. A stitch in time saves nine, which means, hey, take, take care of it now, right? If you don't take care of the situation now, it's going to get worse. Now, that's true, isn't it? That's, that's a really, that's a good, just kind of practical proverb there, right? Okay. You know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. There's that one, right? So, there you go. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of, what, of cure. There, 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 there we go. Uh, how about this one? If, if everything is coming your way, you're in the wrong lane. Kind of like that one, personally, so. So, really, as we go through Proverbs here, we're going to see it's a combination of poetry. It's, uh, there's going to be parables, pithy questions, things that are put across uh, in short stories. There's wise maxims we're going to see. And it's just really, it's providing some common sense insight into really, uh, you know, divine, it's a divine perspective, really, on, uh, you know, how to handle issues in life and a lot of proverbs it's wisdom for everyday life is what it is now one of the neat things about proverbs is um how many chapters are in proverbs 31 and one for every day right so that's one of the neat things about proverbs is really uh is to use proverbs kind of like a devotion uh you can so today is what today is the 22nd is, is that right so you, you'd read, in the morning, you read Proverbs 22, right? And tomorrow you read Proverbs 20, 20, 23. I'm not sure if you've ever, ever done that. I've done that several times in my, my devotions. It's very enriching, isn't it, you know? And uh, it is. It is. It's some good practical stuff. I know uh, uh, the uh, U-Turn for Christ, that's what they, they do. Like, and they're kind of like a, like a Christian drug rehab delivery thing and they just go through the word of god and that's some really practical stuff and has some powerful lessons in these men's and women's lives so you know uh we have daily wisdom here you know certainly now verse two it says uh he's going to tell us this is what proverbs is for it's to know wisdom and instruction it's to perceive perceive the words of understanding it's to receive the instruction of wisdom justice judgment and equity to give prudence to the simple and to the young man knowledge and discretion so notice the progression there he says there it's to know first of all then perceive then to understand then to receive and then notice verse four then to give isn't that interesting so really, wisdom is not just meant to be flowing in through God. It's meant to be flowing out. And we're going to see that here in a few verses. It's going to flow out. It's going to flow out in a very certain way. And we're going to see that over and over and over again. So it's not just supposed to be flowing into our lives. It's supposed to be flowing out of our lives. And, you know, uh, it's something that also that, you know, wisdom. One thing about wisdom is wisdom is only as good as its application. You can have someone that has all kinds of proverbs and knowledge of wisdom, 
But if they're not applying it, it doesn't do a thing, does it? Now, who's the ex biggest example in that? The guy who wrote Proverbs. Solomon. The wisest of all men. And he did not apply that wisdom to every area of his life. He multiplied wives, is what he did, didn't he? He married foreign wives. He did all these things, and we're going to get into that. He talks about a lot of different things about sexual immorality. He doesn't apply these things to his own life. And it actually, it brings a devastating consequence to him. So it's only as good as you apply it. Now, <clears throat> notice what he says that we'll receive in verse 3 through wisdom. Verse 3, it says, to receive the instruction of wisdom, basically, really what he's saying, instruction in wisdom, there's three areas that he's going to instruct in wisdom. It's in justice, in judgment, and equity. So what are those two things? Well, justice is really the wisdom just to know what's right in God's eyes. That's what justice is. What is judgment? Judgment is the wisdom to know how to deal with others, how to judge things correctly among one another and then equity is the wisdom of what is fair you think about that those three pillars these three pillars of justice and judgment and equity those are three pillars of any society that they have to have in order in order to have a healthy society you have to have a healthy uh, uh, view in those three areas it needs to be a godly view so those three pillars uh, you know uh, you know in order, they, uh, in order to have a healthy society, those pillars need to be rooted in God. If they're not rooted in God, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see society begin to crumble. Absolutely, you're going to see the United States, right? I mean, look at what we have going on and people trying to decide all on their own what's right and wrong when it comes to gender, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to all these other things. And what do we see? We see going around us chaos. There's chaos. And so these three things, but for us to know, okay, well, God will, uh, whatever happens to this country is going to happen to this country. And certainly we need to be, you know, standing uh, for truth and righteousness. But we need to have these three pillars in our lives. We'll, we'll stay secure if we have these three pillars in our lives in relationship to God. Now notice in verse 4 it says, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. So God's wisdom, it gives prudence to the simple. So what is prudence? It's just the quality of having good judgment is what it is. It's having uh, good judgment in the skill of really of how to manage life. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, you know what? And that's really not something when you're young that you have, is it? When you're young, and not many young people, when you're kind of young, you're just new at this, and you really don't have this skill of really, you know, how to manage your life and the matters of life. But the wisdom in God's word is unequivocally valuable for that it will show anyone how to manage their lives okay and sometimes you go like well how does it do that well let me just give you an example in that okay so let's say for instance you know uh, a young man or whoever it doesn't make any difference it can be anyone let's say that they have an opportunity for two jobs all right one job is a very good paying job and the problem is, is that job you have to work on Sundays. So it's going to keep you away from really the things of the Lord. And then you have this other job, which is not as good pain, but you know what? Um, you know, maybe that's someone who even understands and says, hey, look, I don't, I don't want you working Sundays. I want you to, you know, it's important that you're going to church, but it's not as good as good as pain. So which one do you choose? Well, where do you go? Well, you go to the Word of God and you see what, you know, Jesus has to say that. And Jesus says, well, seek first the kingdom of God, right? And his righteousness. And he says, I will add everything else unto you. Now, I have seen so many people in that situation. And uh, they've either read that scripture verse or I've given them that scripture verse. And you know what they've done is they've sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, the world looks at that and so what they'll do is they'll take the lesser paying job and they will, um, you know, uh, continue that spiritual walk. Like they, they want to grow, right? And, and, you know, the world looks at that and they go, that's foolish. Yet, you know what? Time and time again, you'll see what the long-term thing, what happens. 
is that person. One, uh, there's several things that will happen. Either the job that they would have taken, the high-paying job, amounts, either it doesn't last as long, or what happens is they know someone who took that job and it was the worst boss in the world, or whatever it is, and they take the other one, and you know what? God blesses them. And they begin to grow. And they, they, I mean, even in the, even in the, in the, in the company. See, see that's, an, that's a, 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 right there, there's a principle that God lays out. You can't see the future. You don't know what it is, but you're going to follow that principle. It's wisdom, and you follow that principle. And guess what? It turns out to bless you more than if you would have done it your own way. Isn't that interesting? And it happens, doesn't it? I tell you what, I've never seen it fail. It's an absolutely amazing thing. So, you know, really, it says to the young person also, it will give him discretion. Now, that's the quality of having good judgment. And that's not a quality that automatically comes to someone who's young. You know, um, some of you guys know we have this young puppy now, okay? Uh, he's, uh, he's about uh, four months old now, and he does not have good judgment, okay? And, and a lot of you back there, uh, that's right, exactly. I mean, the other, last week, he was out on the deck, and he got, he, he just, he just tears into plants, and he's out there, and we had left him out there a little bit too long, and Julie's got this spider plant, I guess it's a spider, you guys know what it is? And, you know what it is. Anyway, he's, all, and he's, and he's, he's got it, and he's, he's, he's eating this spider plant, just tearing it up. I thought, dog, what are you doing? Take it away from him, and he's all going like, oh, that was the greatest thing I ever had in my life, you know, give me more, you know. And you know what? That dog had diarrhea <laughs> for five days. It was like, dog, you stupid you're dog. You know, that's what you want, want, won't want to say. They don't have good judgment, do, do, do they? Okay? And I, I'm the one that had to, I mean, I had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning every night to let the dog out. But you know what? It, it's like we don't have to learn things the hard way. We can learn things the easy way through the Word of God. If we just obey and really, that's the idea there. Now, verse 5, it says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain counsel. You know, one thing a wise person understands is that they're always learning. If you're going to be wise, you're going to be a learner. You're, not always, you're never going to get this place. Well, I got it all figured out. That's not, that's not wisdom. A wise person is always learning. We always need to be in that place. And one thing about wisdom is wisdom will add wisdom. You know, you, that wisdom grows. Verse 6, it says, To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise in their riddles. So Proverbs helps you understand more Proverbs. That's the idea. As you learn God's wisdom, as you learn, you understand more wisdom. Can you remember when you first gave your life to Jesus Christ and you started reading the Word of God, you're like, man, that's confusing. You didn't quite know what it meant. And you know what? Uh, someone told me years ago, if you're reading through the Word of God and you don't understand something, don't stop reading. Just keep going. Because there is something you're going to understand. So you just keep on reading. And you know what? Whatever it is that you don't understand, he says, for me, he says, what I do, it's kind of like uh, I, I just put it on a coat hanger and I put it in the closet. And you know what happens is as I keep on reading at some point, sometimes it'll be months later, sometimes it'll be years later, you know what God does is He takes that out of the closet and He says, now, this is what that was. It's true, isn't it? It's so true. It just really, man, wisdom adds to wisdom. If you don't understand the Word of God, just keep reading, just keep going. There's going to be something you're going to understand that's going to be your manna for today. It's going to be your food. And He's going to, guess what? He's going to improve the meal as you go. It gets better. It only gets better. Just don't stop. Just don't stop. Just keep on going. It grows. Verse 7, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So this is the secret to obtaining wisdom. And this is what uh, Michael was referring to. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of obtaining knowledge and wisdom. He says that later. He doesn't say that here, but he does say that late, late, later. So let me ask you guys this. What does it mean to fear the Lord? I mean, you're in hiding? You're afraid of Him? What does it, what does it mean? What does it mean to fear? Say, say again? Respect or awe. Re, re, respect or awe, yeah. Reverence, yeah, Definitely. Maybe a good way to understand it is, let me ask you this, what does it mean to fear the law? Respect authority, exactly. 
means that you're obeying the laws. It means that you are walking in line with the law, right? It doesn't mean that you're necessarily afraid that someone is going to, you know, you know, uh, do something to you. It's just that you're, you just go, no, I, I'm going to walk in accordance to the law. I'm going to respect it because I know it's good for me. I know that it's right, right? That's what it means to respect the law. Well, it's the same way with the Lord, isn't it? It's like if you're going to fear the Lord, it means you're going to walk in respect to God and to His will and obedience to His word. That's what it means to fear God. It doesn't mean that you're afraid of Him. It does mean that you understand that, oh, wow, He created me and I'm accountable to Him and I will stand before Him one day and give Him account of my life. And what did, I, what did I do with my life? Did I live it, you know, to the glory of God? Did I live it in the way that He wanted me to, you know? And so it does mean to, you know, uh, we, are, we are living in respect uh, uh, for, for God and, and our actions are in line with His Word. Now notice here, um, he says, the fools, they despise wisdom though, don't they? And in, in, in instruction. Now, let me ask you this, what is a fool? The Bible describes a fool, what is a fool? Yeah, amen. That's exactly. So Psalm uh, 41, one, uh, actually it's Psalm uh, 16, 1 and Psalm, no, Psalm 14, 1 and Psalm 53, 1 says, a fool says in his heart, there's no God. That's what a fool is. That's how the Bible describes it. You know what, guys? Some of the most educated people in the world, they are way smarter than me. Okay? I didn't, I didn't even get a college degree. I went one month to college and that was it. It was done. But you know what? Some of the most educated people in the world are fools. You look at people like Carl Sagan. You look at people like Richard Dawkins, Stephen Hawkins. Why? Because they don't believe in God. I, I, have you guys ever seen that one? Uh, it's... Um, called agenda i think is what it's called uh but anyway it's really it's about how and this it's about 10 years old but uh it was it was really uh gosh what was the guy ben ben stein did it but he uh, he 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 went around and he's he was talking about intelligent design and and just really saying how you know most scientists if they're they're they'll say there's intelligent design even people who claim to be evolutionists they're saying no there's in there's design and design in creation it, it means that there's intelligence behind it there's some type of intelligence here right richard dawkins is one of those guys he's a brilliant mind uh he's a evolutionary biologist he denies intelligent design because he knows if you are going to say there's an intelligent design then you need to say there's a creator of that and he's so adamantly against that and i don't know if you guys ever saw that but he the, he's He's asked in the, uh, in the um, interview, and he, he, he since then has tried to get it uh, taken out of the interview. But he's asked in the in, in interview, uh, well then, where did uh, life come from? Uh, how did life on earth start? And he says, well, maybe it was on the, the, the backs of crystals that came from outer space. He go like, he was serious. This is an intelligent guy. The backs of crystals that came from outer space. Uh, you gotta, you, it takes more faith to believe in that. <laughs> you know, and, so, and, and he realized how silly that sounded. And I mean, uh, he tried to get it take, 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 taken out. But you know, uh, it's, uh, you know I, it reminds me of what it says in Romans 1, uh, 20 through 22. It says, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So it's talking about God and His creation, that people are without excuse. Now you look around, there's an intelligent design. You can see it. There has to be a designer. There has to be a creator. And then it goes on to say, because they, although they knew God, and they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became what? Fools. And that's what we see. So that's what a fool is. A fool is someone who 
rejects God or doesn't believe in God. And there's a lot of foolishness out there, and there's a lot of foolishness that's really kind of running our philosophies out there in, so, in society, and we see the, the result of it. Now, verse 8, it says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Now, notice Solomon, he's telling us the avenue of wisdom right here into a person's life. What is the avenue of, of, of wisdom? Listen to your parents. Amen. Right? Remember, one of, the, one of the commandments, right? Obey, honor your father and mother. Obey them, that it may go well with you, right? And that you may live long upon the earth, right? Isn't it? It came with a promise, didn't it? Right? And so look at this. I mean, you know, uh, uh, it really the avenue of wisdom is through the instruction of a godly father, and a godly mother. So the source of God's wisdom, the pathway of God's wisdom is through godly parents giving godly instruction. So parents, that's your job. You are to give your children godly wisdom through the Word of God. Now, don't. Uh, it's great. I'm glad that we have children's ministries and youth ministries and that's all good. But it is your responsibility, you, you to give them godly wisdom. That is, it, 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 it's the way that God designed it. They're looking to you. They have questions about life. They're looking to, to, to you. It's for you to tell them. It's for you to instruct them to sit down and to read the word. I would encourage you, uh, even go through the book of Proverbs. One chapter at a time. Uh, that's what I used to do with my children. And uh, it's a good thing to do and just talk about it and, so, but give them wisdom. Now, notice here, uh, it's like an ornament or a chain, it says here. That would be, the idea is something that's valuable, gold or silver to their neck. Uh, and, you know, and there's a couple things that's pictured there. One is that wisdom uh, is, it's like a gift, but someone has to choose it, right? So, you can give wisdom to your children, but they need to choose it, right? And some of us, we go like, I gave wisdom to my children, but it didn't stick well maybe it did maybe they just stuck it in their pocket but you know what maybe they're not wearing it right maybe they will you know instruct a child in the way that they should go and when they are old they will not depart from it that's what it actually says in proverbs so still means that we're supposed to do it now here's the other thing here's the other thing about that is that when a child does wear godly wisdom when he puts it on boy i tell you what it really beautifies our life doesn't it they really stand out, don't, don't, don't they? You know what, I, I was telling this to my son not long ago. I says, you know what, son, it doesn't take much to stand out in your generation right now. <laughs> if you show up for work on time and you do that on a consistent basis, they're probably going to promote you. <laughs> because I remember when I was out there working and, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and I couldn't believe the amount of young people that just would not show up because they didn't feel like showing up. You know, and it was just, yeah. And I says, you know, you, you do that. I'll tell you what, you begin to walk, you got someone who walks by godly wisdom. And I saw people in the, my workplace that were doing that, young people, and they, they were the ones that were getting promoted. They, it, was, it, it made them look good. It made them look really, really good. And guys, I got to tell you, especially for parents, you know what, uh, you know, uh, uh, the influence of a godly parent on a child is huge. And let me tell you what, if you don't influence them, I guarantee that there's a social media out there that's doing the influence. And you need to counteract that. That's foolishness out there. That social media is going to drag them away from those good things and from a good life. Verse 10, it says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and the whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. Now what is Solomon's instruction to his son here? It's basically, we're just going to sum it up. Don't follow the crowd. <laughs> that's what he's saying. Don't follow. And that's very tempting, isn't it? Guys, I know that any time, when I look back upon my life as a young man, any time that I really got in a mess or in trouble, it's because I was following the crowd and I wasn't really doing what my parents wanted me to do, you know? 
And, and really, you know, as we learn, as you get older, you know, we, we learn that. Although there's some older people who don't understand that yet. They follow what everyone else says or what everyone else thinks. And he says, don't do that. Don't follow the crowd. And that's really kind of the instruction there. You need to follow the Lord. And one thing that we learn is you cannot follow what society's doing and follow the Lord. It doesn't work. Society's always going to be opposed to what God is doing and saying. And we look at all this stuff that's going on and just the stuff that's being shoved down people's throats with, like I said before, the trans... You say anything against, you know... Uh, transgenderism or some of the things that are going on all of a sudden you're transgender phobic and you're homophobic and everything other phobic and no I'm I'm I, I'm for the truth that's what, that's what I'm for you know I'm not trying to you know hey let's you know it's 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 a shame because we have mentally ill people that 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 need to be uh, uh, treated with love and care and what are we doing? We're just letting them do whatever they want to do. I'm sorry if someone comes to me and they say, you know, I, Pastor Doug, I think I'm a chicken. I'm not going to treat them like a chicken. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, no, let's get you some help. All right? You need some help, right? Let's get you some help. And so, you know, um, you know certainly uh, uh, we can't follow what this world is, you know, doing in the way that it's going and follow the Lord at the, at the same time. Now, verse 15, it says, My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. For their feet run to evil. They make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. Now, it's very interesting here because he kind of uses this uh, picture of, you know, setting out a trap for an animal. Uh, you guys ever, anyone ever do that? You ever set out traps for animals? You ever tried to catch something? I remember when I was a kid, I tried to catch a bird, you know, and tried to put the box up there, you know, and, you know, and you put the little stick up there and the stick, you know, and you put like, a, you know, carrot underneath there, you know, and man, I waited for a long time. I waited for two minutes and I was done, you know. Okay, I had to move, move, move on. And nothing was coming, right? Okay, but you know, imagine, you know, the idea, you, you don't set up a trap in front of the animal. You don't do it in front of the bird, Right. Because the bird looks at it and it goes like, it knows, okay? You know, I remember someone saying, yeah, you know, I did that. And I, I set up the box and I was going to catch some quail out in the desert as a kid. Man, I just wanted one of those quail. And I went out there and all the quail, they're, they're, they, he says, I, they're in the bushes, they're watching me. And I, I put out seed and I made a, like a big line of seed and I took it to where the box was and I had a big pile of seed underneath it, you know? Because you, you know, saw the roadrunner, roadrunner goes under there and pecks the seed, right? You know? So, you know, it's like I did all of that, you know? And he says, you know what those quail did? They ate all the seed and they went to the box and they never went inside and they, they ate all my other seed on the outside because they know they're smart yet you look at that and you know what these are bird brains and yet you know what so oftentimes we as humans are not that smart what do we do we see something that we want we see something that we desire and we just go for it. And we don't think about the consequences. Or we think like, oh, it's going to be fine. And we just jump into it. We just go into it. We just jump into it. And then all of a sudden, what do we do? We find ourselves trapped. That's how people get involved in drugs and all kinds of, you know, alcoholism. And they get involved in pornography. They get involved in sexual affairs. Is they see something and they don't count the consequences. And we're, we're bird brains. We are. And how easily we'll jump into something. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves, uh-oh, Shouldn't have done that. Now, once again, the wisdom of God's word keeps us away from those things. It says, you know what? Do not do that. Do not go that way. You know, do not go that way. Do not even step into that way. You know, here's one thing about sin. I don't know if you guys know this, but sin is ruthless, isn't it? It, it, it is ruthless. You know what Jesus said to do when we are tempted to sin? He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, he's not talking literally do that because, you know, I'd be here, to, I'd be up here with no eyes and no hands and, you know, no legs and I'd just be a stump up here, you know. Uh, 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 but, you know, he's not saying that, but he's saying be ruthless with sin, isn't he? Because, you know what, if you're not ruthless with sin, it will be ruthless with you. It'll destroy you. 
So that's what all he's saying there. So just be ruthless with sin. Verse 20, it says, Wisdom calls uh, outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses, in the opening of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. So wisdom here, as we're going to see, it's personified as a woman here by Solomon. Can anyone tell me why it's personified as a woman? I want to hear some of the women. Why is it personified? <laughs> Why is it personified as a woman? Any ideas? No. Afraid to say. I was trying to. I was trying to bait you into saying something. Is what I was trying to do. But you know what? It's funny because uh, as you go on, because if somebody's going to, I thought someone was going to say smart aleckly. Well, because women are more wise. But um, you know. Uh, because actually folly is personified as a woman later on too but isn't it interesting who's who is he talking to he's talking to his son isn't he solomon's talking to his son what is one there's one thing that a young man is very interested in is very interested in girls isn't he yeah very interested isn't he in fact it's a driving force right and so what he's saying i think the reason that he's doing that is he's saying son you need to desire wisdom even more than you desire anything else. You got that driving thing in you? Guess what? Solomon would understand that. Make this your driving thing, to seek God's wisdom. So I think that's one thing that he, he really, really does here. Solomon says that wisdom calls aloud in the streets. Verse uh, 22, he says, um, he says uh, how long, uh, you simple ones, how long will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning. And fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I will make my words be known to you. So you look at the things that people turn to for guidance in their life. So it says, God said, look, my wisdom will guide you. Look at what people turn to for guidance in their life. It's amazing to me to look at what some of these movie stars get into. Like Scientology. If you, have you ever looked at Scientology? It's wacko. <laughs> they believe there's dead aliens inside of you, Okay. I mean, that's what Tom Cruise really believes. You look at some of this stuff, you look at people, they put their hope in horoscopes or, you know, secularism or, you know, academia, you know, and really on an increasingly accelerated basis. I heard a very startling thing at the pastor's conference I went to. Did you know that uh, only 94% of evangelical Christians have a biblical worldview? In other words, their worldview comes from the Bible. Their truth comes from the Bible, uh, excuse me, not only, excuse me, I said that wrong, only 6%. 94% don't have a biblical worldview, only 6% do. That's amazing. In other words, they believe that certain portions of the Bible are true, certain portions aren't, and they bring in other things. What are they being led by? It's amazing. It's amazing what we have here. And it says, you know, the idea is that, you know what, uh, wisdom cries aloud in the street. It says it's there for anyone. You know, it, uh, uh, when you consider that to date, around 7 billion Bibles have been printed. The Bible is by far the most printed document in the entire world in history. Nothing even comes close to the Bible. And you know what, how many people are in the world? Around 7 billion. There's a Bible for every person. Wisdom right here calls aloud. There's no reason for people really not to know. It's about the same number. It's all right here. It's all the wisdom that we need. It's God's wisdom to really to set things straight. And it says, how long are you going to love simplicity, delight in scorning and hating knowledge is what he says. You know, and I think sometimes the angels must be up there scratching their heads. Like, what are they doing? It's like, it's right there. God, he's, he sent his son to you. He, he, he gave the ultimate sacrifice. You got the word of God right there. The, 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 the double-edged sword, it's true, it's living, it's active. It'll change everything. And I think they look and go, like, what are they doing? They have to wonder. And yet if we turn... When we're corrected, it says he'll pour out his spirit upon us. That's the good news. And then he goes on to say, he says, 
Because I have called and you refused, you've stretched out my hand. So these who, who don't turn, stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm, your destruction comes like a whirlwind. Uh, when distress and anguish come upon you. So, so those who are fools, those who reject God, what's coming is destruction. Now, it's not God laughing and mocking. That's not God. This is wisdom. So wisdom, once again, it's just a personification. So the idea is, is that, you know what? Since they mocked wisdom, what's going to happen is in the end, they're going to see that, the, that what they said was foolish was the Word of God. Was not foolish. And wisdom will prove itself. That's the idea. That's what it's saying there. And then also verse 28 says, Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. This is not God, once again. This is wisdom. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge, they did not choose, to f- choose the fear of the Lord. Uh, they would have uh, none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled uh, to the full with their own fancies. And the idea here is that it's not that someone can't turn and turn back to Jesus and repent. We can always do that. But the idea here is if you go down a path and you go down a path of destruction and you are suffering the consequences, guess what? You made your bed and you're going to have to sleep in it. You know what? Part of that is to teach us never to do it again. It's like I told you guys a story about, you know, um, the one pastor, he said his uncle had uh, a dog that would kill chickens. So he says, you know how his uncle cured that dog of killing chickens? He took one of the chickens and tied it around the dog's neck and didn't take it off. And that chicken was on there for three weeks. And it was all, you can imagine, I don't, and it stunk. And he says, you know what? He says, that, he says after three weeks, he took it off. And he says, that dog wouldn't even get close to the chickens after that. He didn't even want to look at a chicken. Uh, kind of like Bruce's uh, analogy, he says, it's like if you've got a kid that is getting into the Snickers, make him eat Snicker bars for a whole week. They'll get s- s- nothing else. They'll get sick of the Snickers. It's the same thing. You know what? God says, okay. You know what? It, it, the idea there is, you know what? You, you now are going to need to suffer the consequences of, of, of that. So, you know, wisdom will, you know, say, you know, you should have followed my way. You shouldn't have mocked me. That's the idea behind it it's going to prove that the foolishness was you and not the wisdom and then it says verse 32 in closing it says for the 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 turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them but whoever listens to me will dwell in safely safe safely will dwell safely and be secure without fear of evil so you want to avoid uh, destruction well don't turn away don't become complacent notice what he says here complacency what does that do? It always comes before turning away. Guys, don't get complacent in the Word of God because it will lead to turning away. It always does that. That's where it always starts. We get complacent about this. We can get complacent maybe about our devotions, about our prayers, or whatever it is. Don't just stay in the Word. Stay where you need to be, you know. Uh, and one thing about that, when we're staying there, it, it keeps us safe. It's a wonderful thing to be keep, kept safe in the Word of God and in His guidance to be following it. There is safety. We are, we are, uh, there are so, so much evil that we're delivered from by just staying in the Word of God. As long as we're in the Lord's will, as long as we're in His Word, as long as we're following it, guys, uh, we're secure from evil. Evil is restrained. But as soon as you move away from it, that's when you're in trouble. And it's very much, and I'll just close with this, it's very much as I would, what I was reminded of when I was looking at that and really thinking about that was, remember what happened back in the Old Testament? The Israelites are coming into the Promised Land. They're almost there. They're going to cross over the Jordan. And remember, the king of Moab, he freaks out. He goes, look at all these people. There's too many of them. I'm afraid they're going to come and attack. And they were no threat to them whatsoever. But you know, remember what he does? He hires that, uh, that wacko prophet Balaam. And he says, hey, I want you to curse these people. And remember, you know, Balaam, he says, okay, look, I'll go talk to God. And he had this kind of weird thing where uh, I, I, he, God actually speaks to him, but he's kind of the sorcerer guy. It's like God speaks to him, and, and he recognizes it's God. So he's got this weird type of thing going on. But remember, God says, uh, he says, look, he says, you cannot curse those people. 
You can only bless them. And so Balaam comes back and he pronounces a blessing. And Balak, he goes berserk. He goes, I hired you to curse them. He says, look, I can't do anything that God doesn't tell me. He says, if God, I have to speak the words that he tells me, right? And says, well, let's try another place. And so three times, you know, he tries to get Balaam to curse the people. And three times God says, nope, you can only bless them. And he says this blessing. And then remember what happens is later on, Balaam says this. Because Balaam wants the money. He doesn't get anything out of Balak. He wants money. He says, okay, here's how you defeat him. You will never, you will never ever get God to curse them. But what you need to do is you need to move them away from from God's uh, uh, protective uh, covering by getting them to disobey God. And then you know what will happen? Is then God, because God is no respecter of people. If he judges one person for one thing, he's going to bring judgment upon another. And so he says, invite the Moabite women to go down there and get them to worship your gods and indulge in sexual immorality. And what happens is a bunch of the people do that and a plague comes and wipes them out. And it almost wipes out all of Israel except for one man comes in and stops it, Phineas. And so the idea there is that if we're in God's word, if we're in his will, we're protected. The only time that we're not protected is when we're out of it. That's when we have to watch out. In it, God takes care of us. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for um, just allowing us, Lord, to see wisdom and what it is or i'm so thankful for what your wisdom has done in my heart and in my life and uh and lord i have a long ways to go i um i i i i still lord there's still this part of me that wants to just follow my own way and, and i admit that and lord please uh i, I know you uh, for, forgive me for that and I, I know that you're so patient and yet, Lord, I want to learn, Lord, to follow you uh, just with all of my heart. And so, Lord, help us, Lord, as we go through your word, that we would just, Lord, take your word and just really apply it to our lives in the way that you want us to. Because, Lord, it's good for us. Lord, as parents here tonight, I pray that they would see this and say, well, I need to instill wisdom into my children's heart through, through the word because no one else is going to do it. <laughs> the world out there is not going to do it. They're going to give just the opposite. And, Lord, it's the hope for our children. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we go through Proverbs, that you just would open up our eyes. It's a rich, rich book, and we really thank you for it. And Lord, just, just use it to transform us, Lord. Make us more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.